0: scripture makes sense because I literally just picked it up. I realized I didn't have a scripture to begin my message this morning. So let's go to Psalms 27 verse 3. You know I never really used to listen to all the pages being turned until Brother Jones came and it does sound good doesn't it? The pages being turned. It's either pages being turned or there's a light on your face from your your phone glowing up. (laughs) Psalms 27, verse 3 says, Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Somebody say, Fear. The war should rise against me, and this will I be confident. And this morning I want to teach on or preach on fear is a liar. And you may be seated. We want to talk about fear. And I think we've all experienced fear before in our lives. It is something that uh, no one is exempt from experiencing, but it can be life-threatening in a spiritual uh, sense. So I want to talk about that this morning. I, uh, as I was studying, I, I Googled and asked Brother Google the percentage of people that fear in life, and the internet said this, research reveals over 90% of things we worry about never happen. It says studies show that people who worry a lot are generally less effective than those who don't. They get less work done and are often less happy. And I think we can relate to that. I think we can relate to that. And this is one of the reasons why the enemy uses fear so much. Is the enemy knows the power of fear and what it can instill and what it can do in a child of God. And if you get consumed by fear and if you let it get to you, what it does, it makes you less productive in the kingdom of God. It stops you from doing things in the kingdom of God. And it'll even stop you from doing things in life. And I think we've experienced that, um, you know, growing up. And even now, I, I do not like public speaking. And um, I would say before, I had a healthy fear of public speaking. It was just something I did not like to do. And it's, ironically enough, that's what God called me to do, is to be a public speaker, to give Bible studies and, and to come up here. Um, but I feared it. And it controlled me. Like it literally, I, I, my hands are now even sweaty, but not as bad as they used to be. And I would let thoughts just creep in and, and think of the worst thing, right? Go up there and you stutter or you go up there and you lose totally focus of what you're trying to talk about and things like that. And, and we can relate to that, right? Things in our lives that kind of hold us back from doing something. Um, not, even, not even thinking about the kingdom of God right now, but just things that will stop you from furthering yourself, even uh, financially wise or at work or whatever it might be. Um, I think we've all experienced that. But spiritually, the enemy knows what fear does. Because there's a spirit of fear that he can um, impart almost into you. Not that he can impart it, but if we focus on that and if we allow that fear to creep in, it can literally paralyze us. Right? Right? And it will take control of what we're thinking and what we're doing. But uh, what it does, it does distract us from the work of God. It distracts us from the kingdom of God. And us doing the things we know to do in the kingdom of God. Because we're fearful. So we start doubting and thinking of the worst case scenario. Amen. Uh, 1 Peter 5.8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, has a roaring lion walking walketh about seeking, somebody say seeking, whom he may devour. Now, we know we have an enemy. And one of the tactics the enemy uses is fear. And this word, how it says, he's seeking whom he may devour. That word seeking is the same word used in Matthew 6.33 when Jesus was talking to his disciples and he said, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Now, Because we preach this a lot and we hear a lot of teaching on seeking the kingdom of God. And and we must seek it with all our hearts and everything that we do. We put the kingdom of God first. And we know that's right. But just to kind of make a parallel is there is an enemy. There is an enemy that's going after our souls and after our our kids' souls and and does not want us to make it. And he's seeking whom he may devour. In the same sense that we're seeking God, he's seeking us with that same type of, of, of uh, persistence, if you will. So we can't be ignorant of his devices and we can't just nonchalantly just live for God and walk and just go through the motions because when we do that, That's when we start to let our guard down. And then that's when fear, with a lot of other things in life, but because we're talking about fear, can start to creep in and start to paralyze us, the way we think and then the way we act and the way we treat people. But fear can be crippling. And we know that there's an adversary going after our souls. And one of the ways he does it is with fear. But we cannot afford to be ignorant of his devices. We need to stand up and fight. Amen? We need to stand up and fight the good fight. And and that's hard to say sometimes when you're going through um, a mindset of trying to get that fear, trying to loosen that fear on you. Because it can really, really affect the way you act and the way you think. But that is, I believe, one of the enemy's tactics is to instill that fear into children of God. Um, But fear can instill negative and irrational thinking, irrational thoughts that will rob us, of our peace of mind. Because there's no peace of mind when you're fearing. There really isn't. And if you've ever been in that place where you've been consumed by just that one thought, or maybe a lot of thoughts, but you're consumed by it, it to a point where it's even hard to eat and it's hard to sleep. And, and, and you can't shake it. No matter what you try to do, you can't shake it. It, it takes work to get rid of that, right? It takes something uh, supernatural almost to come against that. And I'm going to talk about a little bit of the ways and the tactics we can come against that spirit of fear. But there are two types of fear that I I want to talk about that we face on a daily basis that I have experienced. Uh, There's the fear that will never happen. The fear of things that will just never happen in our life. Maybe a car accident, um, maybe cancer or getting sick really bad. Uh, you know, God abandoning us, or whatever it might be in your life. You know, something that's never going to happen, but you just kind of fear it, and, and sometimes it gets worse than other times, and you just kind of have to try to shake it off. Um, and I think that's natural. A lot of us have that type of fear. But this other fear that I want to mention is, is something that I believe that we struggle with a lot. And, and that type of fear is the fear of what has happened in the past, that it might come back again, and in that type of c- fear is maybe you were sick, or maybe you had cancer, and you're fe- fearful that it's going to come back, or maybe you're fearful because someone's abandoned you in the past, so you think God might abandon you, or you might think your spouse might abandon you, or or your best friend might abandon because you've experienced before in the past, so you have that fear of it, which stops you from going further in relationships and ultimately can stop you from going further in the kingdom of God and your relationship with God. Um, And here's one that I've struggled with is trials that God has got me through already, you can fear about those trials again, that they're gonna happen. I hope that makes sense. Like you went through something God got you through it, but you fear that you have to go through it again. And what happens is when that happens, you've, our mindset and our thoughts are very irrational and we forget about the whole reasoning of why we went through something, right? The reasoning why you would go through a trial or, or something like that is so God can shape you and mold you and, and maybe extract something out of you or to help you grow or he's pruning you or produce good fruit, but then that fear, when it comes back in and says, Well, I really hope I don't have to go through this. And, and something might happen in your life or something might arise that it's kind of like spiritual uh, PTSD. And you're kind of like, Oh man, I hope we don't have to go through that again because that was tough. And you start fearing. And, 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 you, and you totally forget the purpose of that wilderness. And for the wilderness was to cause you to grow. And because God loved you. But now it's like that spiritual PTSD comes and you start fearing. And it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to go through that. It just happened to me the other day. And, and I'm like, what am I doing? I said, that's not of God. It was, I actually told my wife. I'm like, that's not of God. Because what we're fearing about, we're doing the opposite. And we're not even trusting in God. I said, we need to trust in God. And we ought not to be fearful because God already brought us through this. And I think we know why he brought us through that. Amen. And if it just happens to happen again, that means there's something in us that he wants to remove out again. And it's not because he hates us. It's because he loves us. And he wants us to make it. And, and I know there's going to be that, you know, that worry maybe there. But don't let that fear cripple you. And, and don't let it stop you from going through a spiritual wilderness either. Let God take you through that wilderness. Don't let that fear stop you from getting the blessing that God wants to give you. And then then don't lose sleep over something that's never going to happen again. Okay, It's, it's not like God's up there just waiting for us to make a mistake and to just remove everything that he's given us. And sometimes we think like, at least I do, you know, we go, we're growing in God, and, and sometimes it feels like, well, if I make a mistake, he's going to take all those blessings he's he shared with me away. He's not going to trust me anymore. He's going to take it away. But it's, and that's not how it is all the time. That's not how it is all the time. That's fear. That's lack of trust when that happens sometimes. We need to be confident in God. We need to have confidence and trust in God, that he's got a better purpose for us and a better purpose for our family and the church. Amen. Because that's exactly what the enemy wants to do. He wants to distract us because he's seeking us and trying to devour us. And he's trying to distract us. And what happens is sometimes we can be like the children of Israel. Like when Moses takes them out of bondage and they would go and the Hebrews would go through situations and hardships. And every time they would go through something, what would they do? They would start murmuring, complaining, and saying, well, it was better off in Egypt. And that's the irrational thinking I'm talking about is, is when we go through things sometimes in life, we almost are like, well, it was better off when, it, when I wasn't going through something. Yeah, you know, I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I didn't have everything, the blessings I have now, but I didn't have to endure this. And, and you see that with the children of Israel over and over. And a matter of fact, it stopped them from going into the promised land, didn't it? Why? Because you had 12 spies and 10 spies came back with a negative report. Why? Because of the lack of trust. And they literally imparted fear into the rest of the Hebrews. Where you had two of the spies saying, listen, we can go. It's ripe for the picking. Let's go and take it right now. But you had 10 of them saying, we better not go. Because we're, we're like grasshoppers in the right. There's giants in there. We're never going to win. And they instilled that fear and that doubt in the children of God. And that's exactly what the enemy tries to do with us. And ultimately, it stopped them. It stopped them from seeing the promises of God in their life. And I wonder how many times we do that in our lives. I wonder how many times I've done that because of fear. And here's the great thing. is God's rich in mercy, and he keeps on knocking and knocking and knocking. So maybe you've done that before in the past. But the great thing is that God, he's persistent with his love. He's persistent. And he's persistently knocking on that door. So maybe that door that we had fear on, hey, we can open it up now again. And say, okay, God, come on. I need you. But I don't want to be like the children of Israel. I don't want to be. You know, Moses, because of his disobedience, he got to see the promised land. But he didn't get to go into it, did he? But there was a man of God. That did not have fear, that had faith in God, that brought a good report, and he was the one that led the children of Israel back into that or back into the promised land. And I I really feel like that's where God wants us this morning. Is is God's been calling and putting anointing and purposes and calling on our life. And 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 the enemy is just fighting it and fighting it and fighting it. And one of the ways he's doing it is with fear. And we're getting fearful and we start doubting in ourselves and then we start doubting in God. And we start questioning. And that's what it does. We start questioning. Am I really called? Does God really love me? Has God really forgiven me? You know, is my marriage really going to make it? Is there really purpose for restoration? Is there even restoration? That's a lie from the enemy. Of course there is. And we start doubting the word of God. And these thoughts start getting in and, and our, into our mind, and, and, and we just we start struggling, and it's a fight. And I feel like that's where some of us are today. You're in the fight of your life, but you're in a good fight, and you keep fighting. And we got to come against that spirit of fear. That's why in Romans 8.31 it says, we shall, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Philippians four thirteen, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthen me. If we would just have this mindset is I can do all things through Christ. Which strengthened me not through this world, not through my desires and my lust and my carnality, but through Christ. That I trust and believe. If so I'm seeking God and I'm doing one of the things I know to do and I'm, and I'm praying and I'm going to church and I'm, and I'm active in, in things of the kingdom of God. That I'm doing right and I'm doing good. There's no condemnation in that. But I got to keep fighting and I got to keep pushing in that, we talked about it before, but that spiritual momentum to have that ball continually to move and it builds momentum and it builds momentum because God wants to do something great in our lives. It is not the will of God. It is not the will of God for us to live in fear. And I think we understand the fear that I'm talking about this morning. It's not a, a type of fear, the Bible says, which is a reverence for God. I'm talking about it's that crippling fear. It is not the will of God for us to live in the state of mind of always fearing. You know how much stress that brings when all you do is you fear? And what fear does, it brings worry. And you worry, and you worry, and you worry, and you continue to worry. And that's why Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow and the things it's going to bring. And he says, look at the flowers, and look at the birds, and, and look at their clothed. I take care of them every day. And how much more precious are you than a dove and a lily? How much more, he went to the cross and died for, he never died for the the flowers and the bird, he died for us. Matter of fact, in Genesis, God tells us, hey, you have dominion over the animals. One of the first things God told Noah when he walked, stepped off that ark, he said, hey, listen, you got dominion. Be fruitful and multiply and you're gonna have dominion over every little thing, the creeping things and the things in the sea. We have dominion over those things. But God never went to the cross and shed his blood for an animal. He was the ultimate sacrifice, and he did it for us. And for us just to live a Christian life with consistently worrying day and day out and day in brings confusion, it brings doubt, it brings stress. And then when we're like that, we can't focus on the things of God. We can't be about our Father's business because all we're doing is we're consumed With the things that 90% of them will never happen. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. And I really feel in the Holy Ghost that we're going through that. Some of us here are going through that. But it is not the will of God for us to live in fear. Matter of fact, in John 14, 26, very familiar portion of Scripture, Jesus says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. I love this. The comforter. I was looking for comfort for 23 years of my life. And I looked for it everywhere in the bottle of a bottle, the bottom of a bottle, and everywhere else. And I found it with God. And it's so amazing how you can get to a place where everything that you've looked for in life, you find in Jesus. And everything that you've wanted in life, you have in a spiritual sense. You have the peace, you have the joy but then you live a life of worrying and live a life of fear. That's not the will of God. And he continues and he says in verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let your heart not, let your heart be, not be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We ought not, and, and there will be times we get afraid. I understand. But what I'm talking about is that fear bringing us to a plate that we place we get afraid, where we're just questioning the things of God. But when we start to see the signs of fear start to come in and it come against us, we need to use the scripture immediately. One of the best ways that I've found to fight against this fear and to come against it is to use truth. Because fear is a liar but this is truth so when I get into the word I know that's truth so when I have the enemy in my flesh tell me I'm nothing and I'm never going to be anything I get into the word of God and it says I can do all things through God Christ that strengthen me and, and I can I read these scriptures that he died for me and I, I got a comforter and I have peace and it's contrary to what the enemy's telling me and my flesh is telling me but this is truth. The word is truth. And that's what we need to go to to fight against this fear. In 2 Corinthians 10.3, one of my favorite scriptures, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God till the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Watch this. And having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I love that. It's an upside down kingdom. Hey, I'm going to fulfill it by being obedient to the scripture. First Corinthians 10.13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. We're talking about scriptures we use to come against fear. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and it is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. These types of scriptures we need to use when we start seeing fear start coming. When we start getting negative thoughts when we start doubting and we start worrying, we need to come against it with scripture. And we need, I'm telling you, we need to say it out loud and speak it into the atmosphere because something happens. When you speak scripture out loud into the atmosphere, something happens. And we heard about that at family camp. Both preachers talked about it. There's something is supernatural that happens. You start quoting truth into the atmosphere, it starts to tear down that atmosphere. It starts to tear down the prince of the air, which is Satan. Because we're using the sword, that double-edged sword, to fight back. We're not sitting there. We're not meditating on the thoughts. We're not meditating on the things we've done wrong. But we're going to keep pressing towards the mark. And we're not going to look back. But we're going to keep looking forward, as Paul says. But scripture, it is full, the Bible is littered full of reasons that we should not fear the Lord. Genesis 15.1, 15, God tells Abram, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Deuteronomy 3.16, it says, Be strong of a good, and good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord thy God, he that he it is that doth go with thee, he... Will not fail you, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua, the man that led the children, and said unto him in the sight of all the Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them. I really feel like this is God is telling somebody here, I'm gonna have to give you new territory, I'm gonna give you new land, and you ought not to fear. Because it's going to be somewhere you've never been before and you're going to want to fear. But just fear not and thou shalt cause him to inherit it. And the Lord, he, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee. He will not fail thee. These are scriptures we need to memorize and quote when we're going through things in our life. Because it reminds us of the promises of God. It reminds us that fear is a liar. Amen. Romans 8.15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Listen, we're born again. We're not living after that old man anymore. We're living after God, that new man. And we don't have that bondage of fear. And it says, But ye have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. It's a lot easier up here with the microphone saying that. But when Thursday comes along and Friday comes along and when life comes along and you don't have that preacher with a microphone preaching to you, it's hard to do that, ain't it? But I'm telling you, if you go to the Scripture and you go to God, which is the source, and you plant your feet on this solid foundation, and you start fighting back with scripture. And you start prophetically speaking things into your life. According to scripture. I'm not saying name it, claim it. I'm going to win the lottery. In g. am not saying that. I'm saying you prophetically speak the word. That's what, some of the words, of when it says prophecy and the word of God, that's literally what it means. You're just, you're just declaring the word of God. And we need to start declaring the promises of God and the word of God every single day. Every day. And it will start to transform because there is new territory that the Lord wants us to have. Amen. Not only for this church, but for us individually. There's going to be Bible studies that we're going to do. We're going to be start using in the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to start to be grow spiritually. And we need to start walking in that boldness and that authority of the Holy Ghost. Fear brings confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. And fear is the opposite of faith. And we know that it is impossible to please God without faith. And the enemy knows it's impossible to please God without faith. And that's why he wants to give you fear. Because he knows a lot of things rise and fall on faith in our life. Because there's times where we're just not going to see something, but we have the faith that it's going to happen. Yes, whose report will you believe? Faith is absolutely necessary in our relationship with God. And faith will destroy fear. Our faith in God destroys fear. Right? Because it's the opposite. Faith is the opposite of fear. So if we want to see the promises of God and the unprecedented harvest that God will bring to North Dakota... If we want to see our lost loved ones make it back, and if we want to see a, a good report from the doctor, and we want to see our marriage restored and, and our emotional and physical pain to go away, it's going to take our faith being much more greater than our fear. And our faith will cause us to remember the promises of God that He has in the word. Faith will give us hope and confidence in God. Faith will move us into a deeper realm and a deeper relationship. With God, faith brings boldness and authority in the Holy Ghost. Faith causes us to walk on water. Spiritual water. Faith, why Jesus says what? Moves mountains. And you descend to this mountain, be thou removed and be tossed in the sea. Because the Bible says we're all given a measure of faith. And all we need... To say unto this mountain, and be thou removed, is the measure of faith that a mustard seed has, which is one of the smallest seeds out there. But it grows to be one of the biggest trees out there. And that's what we need, is that faith to come against those mountains. Without faith, we're nothing. But with faith, we can do all things that strengthen us in Christ. And the, da- and the devil knows the power in faith. He knows the power in, in an apostolic man or woman that has faith. He knows the power of a man or a woman going to a Bible study and has faith that they're going to gladly receive that word of God. Or a man or a woman going to church and say, you know what? This Sunday is not going to be like every other Sunday. I'm going to have a spirit of expectation and I don't care what happens. I'm worshiping like I never worshiped before. And I'm getting what I need from God. And I'm not leaving and going through the same week like I always do. I'm changing it with faith. And it starts with faith. But fear starts whispering and saying, oh, no. It's going to be the same old story when you go back home. You just walk. It's going to be the same old story when you get back in the car with your wife. It's going to be the same old story on Thursday night when your children are bugging you. It's going to be the same old story on Tuesday when you go to work. And you hear all those stories and all the jokes around and all that stuff you don't want to listen to. It's going to be the same old story two weeks down the road when you stop reading the word of God because you've made this commitment a hundred times that I'm going to pray every day and read my Bible every day. That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's fear and that's doubt. No, I will do it. And I know I can do it because I have God on my side. Amen. And the enemy knows the power of faith that's why in Hebrews 11:7 it says by faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness which is by faith there's power in faith Hebrews 11:17 by faith Abraham when he was tried offered up Isaac and, he had, when he, and that he had received the promises offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Faith is powerful. Hebrews eleven eleven. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed. And was delivered of a child when she was past age because the judged him faithful who had promised. Isaac by faith blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worship, leaning upon the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when he died, made mention of the departing of the children of Israel and gave commandment concerning his bones. All by faith, by faith, by faith. And these men didn't even have the Holy Ghost. We have the Holy Ghost. We have God's spirit living and moving with us. Hebrews 11.23 says, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Hebrews 11.30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were compassed about seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies and the peace. And then this is how the writer of Hebrews sums up. He says, and what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Abrak, and of Samson, of Jephthah, and of David also, and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith, listen, subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, how? By faith. Out of the weakness were made strong and waxed valiant in fight. Turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. And others were tortured. And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. How? By faith that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover of bond and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, were tempted and were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and in caves of the earth, all by faith. And all these all having obtained a good report, how? Through faith, receive not the promise. God having provided some better thing for us. How did it happen? It wasn't through fear. It was through faith. That's why we must keep faith. We have to keep faith. We have to cling to it. It has to go through our bloodstream. You must have faith that your children will come back to God. You must have faith that your marriage will be restored. You must have faith that you will conceive a child Regardless of what fear tells you, you must have faith that God will bless your finances. You must have faith that God will heal you. You must have faith that God does have a plan for your life. Come on, somebody. You must have faith that you will have peace of mind. You must have faith that you will have joy. You must have faith that you will see the things come to pass that God has given you. And then you must have faith that there is a will. In your life that God wants to do something supernatural in your life. Let's all stand. The enemy is a liar. And he's the father of all lies. And today, let that just resonate in your spirit. That faith will kill fear. And fear is a liar. I wonder right now if we just lift all our hands up right now. We just step out in faith. God, right now we love you and we worship you and we magnify your precious name. God, I plead your precious blood right now. God, I speak faith into the atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus, that signs and wonders will follow them that believe, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, we worship you. We love you. We magnify your precious name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now have faith that something is going to happen in this next service. Step out in faith. Worship in faith. And think in faith. Amen. Thank you so much. We're dismissed for about 20 minutes.